Okay, so we are we are finally here with Mr. Tom Connolly um, of Safe Solutions Childproofing and Pool Fencing up in the Massachusetts area. Where in Massachusetts are you? I forget. I'm in, uh, it's a town called Mansfield, which is right near Foxborough. Okay, very nice. And I think his thing might say Matt Connolly because he's on his son's computer. Yeah, that's all right, though. We'll leave it. Um, and uh, yeah, so Tom is actually a one of our lifesavers up in Massachusetts. Um, so he you know, goes to people's backyards and offers them pool fencing and installs pool fencing. But more importantly for this, because we've had a lot of water safety people on, and even though I do want to talk about that, Tom is a professional child prefer and has been for a long time. How long? Uh, over 15 years on my own. My That's own. a long time. And how long? So you worked for somebody first? I worked for someone for three years and okay. then said, I can do this myself. And so went out on my own uh, about 15 years ago. Nice. So that, that goes to where I was headed. So I usually ask people what their, you know, you know how superheroes have an origin story, you know? So what is your, you know, what is your superhero origin story? How did you get started? You know, what kind of led you to childproofing? What was the, uh, you know, the course of your life that got you to where you are now? So um, I, I used to teach autistic children. Okay. Uh, did that for about 10 years. Why did you decide to do that? Um, I graduated with the BA in psychology. Okay. It was really the only job I could get because psychology okay. doesn't get you much right. <laughs> when you graduate. Unless so, you get a doctorate, unless you go all the way. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's more for meeting girls in college than anything else, a psych degree. Right. So uh, then got a little burnt out on that. And is it, is it good for that, by the way? Does a psych degree help get, with getting girls? doesn't help me. It might help oh, us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so then I went back to school uh, to become an occupational therapist. Okay. And I uh, got a degree in occupational therapy, uh, did that for a while, and then Medicare changed its whole reimbursement rates. And so the whole therapy landscape changed. It was more about generating revenue and capturing minutes and doing paperwork than patient care. So right. I really wasn't happy with what I was doing. And a gentleman childproofed my brother-in-law's house was talking with him. He needed some help. So I decided to, um, you know, explore that avenue. Right. So I, I worked for him for about three years and then decided to go out on my own. The good thing was I was still able to do per diem therapy work um, to supplement the childproofing until it got off the ground. So did you have your own occupational therapy practice or were you working somewhere? I was working in basically in skilled nursing facilities okay. with people who were too sick to go home, but not sick enough to stay in the hospital. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I, I've had quite a bit of occupational therapy myself. I'm not sure if it's done me any good, but <laughs> I've, I've had my fair share of it. You uh -huh. know. Um, interesting. So childproofing. So what, what struck you about childproofing that you liked it? Um, I liked, you know, sometimes working with the elderly, right? They're not in a good place in their life, right? They're, yeah. They just got out of the hospital or they had an illness or an injury here. I was, I was dealing people who, who were in a good place in their life, 
They were happy. You were providing a service that they really enjoyed and really appreciated. And it was, you know, it was needed for them too. So you were doing good. I wasn't dealing with insurance companies. uh, And, um, you know, it was different every day. That's really cool. Um, So you've been doing it for 15 years, you said, right? On your own. So 18 total. And always in Massachusetts? Um, I cover Rhode Island because uh, the Rhode Island border is about 20 minutes from the house and okay. parts of southern New Hampshire. Gotcha. All right. And um, I know that you also do the pool fencing. At what percentage of your business is childproofing versus pool fencing? Um, so uh, how I got started in, in the pool fencing was people would ask me, you know, what should we do about the pool? Sure. And I would I would tell them to fill it in, and they really? didn't like the answer. That's so, what you told them. <laughs> yeah, I said that's the safest thing. Fill it in. That well, is, I mean, you're you're not wrong. Yeah, I mean that is the safest thing to do. And so, um, then I I started researching, you know, how to safety proof the pool, and I researched. I I found Lifesaver to to be the best fence out there, mm-hmm. and so um, hooked up with Steve, who's the main coordinator yeah is the vp vice president of uh, business development i think it's his official title now yes and so um i started doing the fence about 13 years ago okay so the fence is probably 40 percent of the income Mm -hmm. but that is um pushed into like three main months right exactly and And then in June, and right, and child and childproofing you do all year long. Childproofing I do all year round. Yes, gotcha. Um, so why should somebody hire a professional childproofer? Do you really, do you really need a child, an actual childproofer? Can you do it yourself? Yeah, you know, you you can do it yourself. Okay. You know, there, there, um, people are handy, and sure. people can research, and people can get things. And do it themselves. Right. There's Google and YouTube and the internet now. There's a lot of resources out there. But that's, I mean, that's a lot of work. It uh, is. Yeah. Yeah. And what I say, the, the biggest issue is knowing the right product to get. Because you can re- read reviews online and, you know, not all gates work in all areas. Not all latches work in all, all cabinets or drawers. So the right. biggest issue is knowing what to get. So you don't need to have a child proofer but a lot of times you know i'm going to be much more efficient if you're going to buy good stuff anyway to pay someone the labor to install it is kind of worth it um and also it does help to have another set of eyes just to point out things that people don't realize such as you know the tips on door stops you know statistics are six kids a year choke on doorstop tips. Oh, and, wow. I didn't know that actually. Yeah. That's something that people don't realize or they wouldn't have never thought of that. So right. we do point out things that um, people don't realize, you know, it's, it's almost like insurance. You hope you're not using it, but, right. but you're, you're paying the child proofer to do it and all the odds are nothing's going to happen, but you don't want a catastrophe to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And 
I mean, I, I would just like in just thinking about it for two seconds. I mean, you don't need a dishwasher either, but uh, you right. know, it sure does make your life easier if you've got one rather than you know hand washing every dish. You know, absolutely, yes. It saves and, time, and time is important. And you know, it's it's not a service for for everyone. You know, because it's it's you know it can be costly for some people. Mm -hmm. So, um, but the people how, how is it priced? I I price it per um, material per latch per gate whatever, mm -hmm. and then I give them a price on how long on labor. So okay. it's materials and labor. So I know if I'm doing two gates, thirty latches, and attaching four pieces of furniture, that's going to be about two and a half hours. So, gotcha. So I've been okay. doing it long enough to know how long it's going to take. Um, but you can figure it out. Yeah, for, and and for the people who can afford the service, it's it's you know their time is valuable. So you know why why spend three weekends going and getting stuff, returning it that it doesn't work, and uh, you know when you can just call me and I can do it in four hours. What you know a homeowner might take a couple weekends to do. Right, and if a homeowner does it, God knows what they'll come up with. Right, mm -hmm. I mean. I'm sure. I mean, have, what, have you seen anything that's been particularly bizarre or interesting or funny that people have done themselves? Um, you know, they they use they use uh, painters tape to tape the drawers shut. No, really. And you know how painters tape isn't very strong. No, it's not. It's supposed, the, literally the point of it is supposed to come off without peeling right. your paint off. Right? That's because they didn't want to take the finish off their cabinet, so they use painters oh. tape instead of duct tape, and yeah. then so the child can just pull the drawer open. I've seen right. gates mounted upside down where the latch is, you know, two inches off the ground upside right. down, or people mount over the baseboard and the baseboard's eight inches and the child can just crawl right crawl underneath. Yeah. Yes. So, um, you know, the typical hair ties, rubber right. bands, things like that. So, um, yeah, it's at least they tried, I say. Right, that's better than nothing, probably. Right, maybe. It, some in some cases, people, people like to use uh, zip ties a lot on pool fences. Uh, we get a lot of people who tell us, who do the do-it-yourself pool fence, that you know we put in the fence, but we didn't use those silly latches. We got zip ties instead, <laughs> uh, instead of the hook and eyes, and you know they work great. Right, um, I've, I've had I've had at least ten customers tell me that they've used zip ties instead of our latches, which oh, makes really? me wonder about the latches actually, but. Yeah, it's weird that people like those ties so much. Yeah, you and know. so they have furniture straps that are like zip ties. Right. Those are cool, though. Those aren't the best because nope. over, over time they get brittle. And so okay. the manufacturers recommend changing them every six months. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. So imagine a, a, a zip tie that's on a pool fence out in the elements. Right. Exactly. Hold up. So what kind of furniture strap should people get then? I like uh, nylon ones with like the tie down buckle. You want okay. metal buckles and um, the nylon nylon straps. Okay, who, who makes those? Um, Safety Innovations makes uh, okay. some of them. Uh, there are some other companies that that make the metal ones, but their Safety Innovations is one of my main suppliers. So. I haven't looked elsewhere for other straps, but I've seen other metal ones. Gotcha. Yeah, I've seen the plastic ones. I haven't run across the metal ones yet. 
Yeah, the, I mean, the plastic is better than the zip tie. Right. Uh, but I still like the metal ones. No, it makes sense. I mean, I'm sure they're a little more expensive, but I mean, right. Um, exactly. So many kids die a year from furniture falling on them. Um, I mean, that's that's a major hazard. Hazard. So I think it's worth doing correctly. Right, and and it's and that happens when you think you're out of the woods, child. Right. They're three or four, mm -hmm. and they're not falling down the stairs. They're not. You know, they know not to open up the bleach and all that, but right. a piece of furniture that's been in their room for five years and no one's thought about it until, you know, an accident happens. You know, uh, I actually know a guy, uh, an adult who passed away from that recently. Really? Yeah, a man. Yeah, fell furniture fell on him and uh, yeah. Oh, that's Crazy. awful. It was. It really, really was. So, I mean, we, we talked about the furniture. What other you know, hazards in the home, do you like to point out to people, you know, kind of the top 10, top five, whatever? Um, you know, certainly uh, what I'd say is kind of sometimes the biggest hazard is is stuff. Stuff? You know, stuff, yeah. Okay. Because people are aware of... Um, I mean, stuff like toys and uh, tchotchkes and... Yes. Your, your grandma's uh, whatever, China and that pewter figure yeah. from Japan and... Exactly. Like okay. People are aware that the stairs are bad. So right. You, so they take care of the stairs. They, they're they're aware that uh, under the kitchen sink they've got to take care of. But that, yeah. but that tall, you know, book curio cabinet that's got something really top heavy on top of it. That if you mm -hmm. just shake it a little bit and this thing comes falling down on them, you right. know, it's or it's, you know, they're old wicker baskets that they've had in college laundry baskets that are fraying and kids pick at and put it in their mouth. It's, it's all the stuff that you've had around for years that wasn't an issue when you didn't have a child. That's just part of your normal scenery and you right. don't think about it anymore. And you get kind of snow blind to it because you're used to seeing it. You, you've been looking at it for 10 years. Right. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't stand out anymore. Right. Um, it's, it's a, it's it's a pen to you. It's a spear to them. Or, right. you know, the clicker that always falls on the floor in the back doesn't work well and the batteries spill out. You know, mm -hmm. but then when you have a child, you know, it's the batteries are a hazard to them. Sure. Or, the, or that back comes out really easily and they can access the batteries and, and, you know, put it in their mouth and choke hazards and all the bad stuff like that. So stuff is one. What's another one? Um, then, you know, the stairs... Uh, is a big issue. Uh, I think the, I think furniture, the, the furniture tipping is 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 right up there because people don't realize it as much. They say, "Oh, that's a good piece of furniture. That's really heavy." I'm like, "Yeah, that's just more that's the problem." Fall on them, right? Because when you when you shift that weight forward, open drawers and change the whole center of gravity, and then you have a child try and climb up. You know, it's just because it's a nice piece of furniture, not from, you know, Ikea that had all the problems, uh, you know, they think it's going to be okay. But, you know, anything taller than it is wide is more unstable. You know, if you if you get a piece of furniture, you want to open the drawers, push on it, see what happens with it. So furniture is really bad. Um, you know, the big, the Tide Pods, the washing machine pods. Right. They look like candy. They do, and and they, even they, college they, kids are eating them. 
Right, they look delicious. That's why. <laughs> I mean, I've I've only had a few. I'm gonna keep trying until I find the good ones. But uh, so far, I've enjoyed all of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember um, my dad used to be a child prefer, and he used to talk about crawling around on his hands and knees throughout the house to be at you know baby eye level to see you know what you hit your head on, what you can catch, what you can see, what you can right. reach. Um, is that something you do? Is that something you recommend? Um, it's, it's, it's not something I do. I know okay. a lot of child proofers do crawl around and, and, you know, sort of, I've been doing it for a while. So right. kind of know what to look for, what they can hit their head on, you know, certainly, you know, it helps to look underneath things to see if there are any little small chokeables or something sure. like that. But, um, generally I don't crawl around. <laughs> it, would that be something smart for parents to do who are kind of doing their own DIY job? I mean, yeah. Just because, you know, they, they're not exactly sure what to look for. I kind of know what I've been doing it for a while. I know what to look right. for when I come into a home. And so it would be good for them to, to get on their hands and knees and get that perspective. But also know that, you know, a lot of parents think, oh, childproofing, you know, we don't have to do the top drawer. Yeah. Right. The baby's going to grow. Right. Grow. And so just yeah, and, they, and on, they climb. Yes. Just because yeah. you went on your hands and knees one time doesn't mean that the hazards aren't moving up. And you've got to you've got to do that every six months or so just to, to look to see from a different perspective with the child's development. What What's their development now? What's their motor skills like now? So what can they get into are there specific things at specific ages that you think parents should look out for? You know, is there something that you want to look out for for a five-year-old versus a 18-month-old? Um, a lot of, well, in that first year, you really want to look out for the chokeables. Right, okay. Things. You know, the, the, the plants that, you know, I don't know if your plants are like my plants, but they die and the leaves fall on the floor. Right. And the child grabs them, puts it in their, their mouth and it be chokeables. Or little refrigerator magnets that, you know, they held too much stuff on the refrigerator. They fall down. You can't find them, but they can find them. So at six, you know, it, you really want to be careful in the beginning stage of, of the chokeables. And then, you know, once children are, are – can you repeat the question? I want to – I don't want to yeah, give I, a disjointed answer. No, no, you're, you're doing perfect. I'm looking for what childproofing things to look out for at different ages. Okay. So like you said, you know, under one chokeables, you know, if there's another bracket, maybe one to three, I don't, I'm not sure where the cutoff would be, you know, one to two, uh -huh. one to three, and, and, and so on, maybe up to like five or so years old. Okay. So, and then, you know, you always have to worry about the stairs. Once they start crawling, you have to worry about the stairs. Right. Um, it's tough to put an age on child development because everyone yeah, absolutely. develops differently. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, first you're worried from the knee down as they're crawling. And then okay. as they, they get older and they can reach things, you know, or they want to go up and down the stairs, uh, you certainly have to worry about the stairs. And then, so you're worried kind of about everything in that, that okay. first two two and a half three years and then it shifts after that then you you're worried about window safety as they get older 
window okay. safety, uh, a lot of the furniture tipping, climbing, although the furniture tipping can happen early in, in stages. But like I said before, you know, the child's four, you think you're out of the woods with things, but that's when the furniture can tip on them or the window safety or any sort of like blind cords you want to be careful of once they can reach them and they're playing with them and, you know. No, that makes perfect sense. So you talked about the stairs a lot and the best way to predict the stairs is a gate, right? Yes. So what kind of things should someone look for in a gate? What are your recommendations for gates? Well, I recommend, I recommend doing top and bottom. Okay. Top and bottom. Yes. Parents say, do we have to do, do the bottom? You right. don't have to do anything. Right. You know, no one wants to be told how to parent their child. Of course. So I don't, yeah. I don't tell people what to do. I just make recommendations. Right. So, but you know, a child can climb halfway up the stairs and not and fall back down, come down the right way. So it's the same as why you would have a gate at the bottom. Right. And if you don't have or a gate at the top, so the top, yeah. If you don't have a gate at the bottom, you have to stop what you're doing every single time they go over to the stairs. So um, at the tops of stairs, you want a full swing gate. You don't want okay. a, uh, a pressure gate uh, because it's pressure, one. So what's the difference? What's the difference? So a pressure gate, there are two different types of pressure gates. They're, they're the kind that you just, I, I don't know if you've seen, they're, they're sort of like crisscrossing. You push them down. Yeah. And I, I, I have, I just figured someone else might not have. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that is more like a wall. Okay. You have, to, you have to totally remove that gate. The whole thing. Yeah. Those or aren't. Step, or step over it. Or are they tall enough to step over? Well, or, you don't want to step over a gate because then you show a child. That's how you interact with the gate. Gotcha. Okay. So they will have the motor skills to climb over a gate before they know how to unlatch it. So if, if they see you close the gate behind you all the time, they'll go to close it when they when it's left open. Or when they want to go through it, they'll try and open the latch rather than climb over it because they see you go through it. I see. Okay. So with the, with the pressure gate, you don't want a pressure gate at the top of the stairs. The pressure gate um, is basically tension. And so over time, that can loosen up. So there's one kind of pressure gate that's like a wall that you remove entirely every time. And there's another one with a door, right? And there's the other one with the door. And you don't want that at the top of the stairs because that has a bar or threshold that keeps the gate in place when you open the door. And that bar can be a trip hazard at the top of the stairs. Okay. So that's, um, that's another reason you don't want a pressure gate at the top of the stairs. One, it's pressure if a child pushes hard enough, it can go down and to the trip hazard of the bar. So you want a gate that is hardware mounted that screws into the wall. I know some people can't accept drilling holes into their wall, but as I tell them, their kid's going to do a lot more damage than I am. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if, if that's their biggest concern is little holes in the wall, um, they haven't realized the extent of, uh, chaos that's about to hit their home. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so a full swing gate, hardware mounted, that means the whole thing swings open. You don't want it to swing out over the stairs. You only want it to swing into the hallway, away from the stairs. Right, right. Because if someone leaves the gate unlatched, you don't want a child to lean on it and it 
goes out over the stairs and they topple down the stairs. That makes perfect sense. And you want you want vertical bars. Yeah, vertical, not vertical. You, you don't want something uh, that has like a what's that? Not something you Horizontal. can climb. Yeah, right. yeah, right. You don't want something they can climb. So if if they're vertical bars, it's harder to climb than like crisscross because everyone remembers like climbing a chain link fence or something like that. So that's, you know, you don't want something like that that a child could easily climb or something that's straight solid that they can sort of scale up also. Right, because they're tiny little acrobatic ninjas. Yes, exactly. Yes. They will they will try to find a way. But I'm because I taught them better. Oh, is that, is that it? Because you're a, a, the perfect parent, so your kids are fine. Well, the, you know, they're... I do tell people that, you know, people call me up, oh, my child's two and a half, he's going, you know, I want to keep him upstairs. And I say, you know, gates are recommended to come down between two and two and a half, because that's when a child can figure out how to get around it by like pushing up a stool and climbing over it. Um, and I tell people gates aren't are for safety, they're not for containment. You know, if you have a child that can climb over a gate, they've got the motor skills to go up and down the stairs safely. Right. You might not want them to, but, you know, that's where parenting comes in. You know, a gate doesn't take the place of parenting. Have you heard any crazy stories about kids getting into, like, something ridiculous or, you know, any well, any crazy ninja child stories of them scaling a wall and doing a backflip? Facebook recently someone had double stacked a gate in a doorway. So there are two gates on top of each other. Okay. And they're playing the Mission Impossible music while the ch child climbed over the gate. And, oh, and so I'm, and people are like, oh, that's great. And I, I said, no, that's awful. So, so you, you're taught like, that, you taught that kid how to climb the gates. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're filming it and you're probably laughing. It's encouraging him. You know, it's, it's, you know, it, like I said, it doesn't take the place of parenting. Uh, no. But I mean, kids, kids can be ingenious and get into lots of different things. So, I mean, that's I think, why. Go ahead. That's why it's good to start at an early age. Like, yeah. I recommend between six and nine months because, you know, once they, once they just start to, explore their environment you want to have a gate in place right because that gate will be a natural part of the scenery right like I said you know they see you go through it you they you open it up you go through it they'll try and do that they can't so if when they're exploring the environment the gate is a natural part of the scenery they won't try and get around it you right. know they're they've been going up and down the stairs you know at 18 months and all of a sudden the gate gets put there that's not supposed to be there right you know, it's taking away their fun yeah so you want to do it early we we took down the gate at the bottom of the stairs when my son was three the oldest one was three and he cried because you know that's what wasn't normal right so that's if you have if, if you have these products in place you know it's going to be a natural part of the scenery uh, uh, if you have all your cabinets latched, the child's going to can't get in. 
might try again, can't get in. Then it's going to go away and, and not try and get in anymore because it didn't get any satisfaction. And then when the child's six, the parents still have the latch on the cabinet because that's just what they're used to, even right. though the child's undoing the latch themselves now. It reminds me of the uh, the elephant story with the, the stick with the chain. You know that? I don't know if I know that story. So I, it might be true. I'm not sure. But allegedly, the, the story is, is that elephants um, are contained with a stake in the ground with a rope attached to them. And it starts with their babies. And when they're babies, they can't pull the rope. You know, they can't break the rope. They can't pull the stake out of the ground. Um, and then they leave it until they're adults. And by the time they're adults, their brain still says, I can't yank it out of the ground. Now they can rip a tree out of the ground if they wanted to, right? right. They're full-grown elephants. They can break a chain. They can do whatever they want. But because they believe that that stake is immovable, because they've been trying it since they were little, um, yeah. that's enough to keep them contained. Like, that's right. still all you need because they think that they're stuck there, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so no, kind of like what you're saying about the cabinet latches or the gates, you know, that right. they they don't know they can get through it, you know? Uh, right. So speaking of cabinet they're, latches, go ahead. They're top door locks that are made of plastic that a, a child could break if they wanted to when they get older, but they're used to it being there. So, right. right. They they don't even try anymore. Yeah, they've already learned that it's inaccessible and it's off limits and you can't do it. Right, exactly. So what kind of um, latches do you like for cabinets? Um, well, there are two main types of latches. Okay. There are magnetic kind where you actually hold a magnet to the outside and the latch is on the inside and it disengages the latch and you open it up. I, I showed that to my girlfriend. She thought it looked like magic. She was so excited doing those. She, she, she loved that latch. I have no idea why. She must have done it 20 times. She thought it was oh, the coolest thing. Yeah. You but shouldn't date. You shouldn't date five-year-olds. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, but uh, so those those are kind of absolute. Right. You, you can't you can't get in unless you have the magnet, unless you're right. a full-grown adult and break the, the latch. Yeah. So like I said, I don't tell people what to do. I just make recommendations. So the other kind of latch, you open it up a little bit, press it down, open it the rest of the way. So – some people find having to get the magnet every time is is inconvenient. I was going to say, do people lose the magnet? Because I would lose the magnet. Yes, people lose the magnet. I usually make sure they have enough and tell them to hide one, you know, when they start losing them. So people do find that kind of inconvenient, but some people really want the safety of that. So, you know, the press down latches, eventually the child can figure that out. But at that point, you know, has there been parenting? Are are they worried about the child getting into things? So it's really, you know, parent specific. I probably do about eighty percent press down latch. Gotcha. So, and should we latch the bathroom, the kitchen, everything? Um. Well, I I recommend like in the kitchen, in the areas that they're going to be in, uh, maybe unsupervised. You know, everyone says, oh, I never take my eyes off the baby. Yeah, that, I, I, those people terrify me. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's not a good life to lead. No, it's not. You know, <laughs> constantly having to watch them. Uh, right. uh, you know, it's nice when they can be independent. They can sit on the floor and read a book or something like that or play with a toy. So, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. I was asking uh, latches. Where should you put them? Cabinet, okay. bathroom, kitchen. So, like in the kitchen, you right. know, the main area. 
I recommend latching everything. Okay. You send a like counter down uh, above the countertop. That's a parenting issue. Uh, so that sends a clear message that cabinets are off limits. Right. And so sometimes if a child um, can get into one cabinet but can't get into the other one, they might just try harder to get into the other. Right, one. right, right. That makes sense. So I do recommend being consistent and latching everything. Like I say, I don't tell people. I recommend some people don't like that. So if they just want to do under the sink, then uh, then I would strongly recommend doing the magnetic one because the child can't get in unless they have the mag. Right. So if you're only doing a couple, I would do the magnets. But you know, I would, you know, a lot of times in 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 the city, I do a lot of childproofing in Boston. You don't have a lot of you don't have a big kitchen, right? And you, you don't want a child taking out pots and pans and or Tupperware on the floor while you're trying to cook. And so, or you don't have a lot of storage space. So every cabinet might have something bad in it. And this way you don't have to worry about what you put in a cabinet or a drawer. If you go ahead and latch everything. And, and I like what you said about the consistency too, that, you know, if all latches are off limits, or I mean, if all cabinets are off limits, then, you know, they won't pursue the ones that are latched as aggressively. Right. So that's, a, that's a good thought and kind of yeah. counterintuitive. So, you know, again, why it's good to have a sh professional shopper. For I hear that, you know, I hear that a lot be from parents. You know, we never really needed those latches. Well, yeah. that's because everything, they couldn't get into anything at first and then they didn't try. So. No, it makes sense. So what age should they take the latches off? Yeah, that again, that's child specific. If the child can open it, right. the latch, then I would take it off. There's really no reason to have it on anymore. That makes sense. And I mean, again, this is kind of age specific, but when should someone childproof? Uh, like I said, in that six to nine months that's, I yeah. think is a good range. You know, once they start getting up on their knees and look like they're going to start crawling, then mm -hmm. it's time to think about it. And, and you, but, you know, when they first start crawling, they're not that fast. Sure. Uh, you do have a little bit of time developmental wise. You know, I've had people call me and while they're pregnant and want to get childproof or they just had a baby. I'm still on maternity leave. I want you to childproof. And, and I will if they really want me to. But I tell them it's too early. You're going to you're not going to see any value of these products maybe for the next six to nine months right and they're going to drive you nuts in the meantime right yeah. and then you're going to have a friend who comes in oh why'd you do all that and then they'll tell them i did it and then they'll say i don't want to hire that guy he he does everything and they didn't even need it so right i, I tell people you know call me back we can always find an appointment if you work i do some weekends also um so don't do it too early right so uh, because it's May, I do want to talk about water safety a little bit. Um, and you obviously, you focus a lot on water safety and pool safety in the summer months. Yes. Uh, you said you do a lot of, of pool fences and pool fencing. And I know that because you buy them for me. Um, so what uh, recommendations, especially uh, up north, do you recommend to people for, for water safety, for pool safety in the summertime? Well, you know, you definitely have the layers of protection. Right. You know, I know that... You guys talk about that constantly. Yeah, but you can't do it enough, so you can go through them again. <laughs> <laughs> so, alarms on doors. Right. Uh, definitely alarms on doors. Uh, 
you know, the supervision, making sure someone is responsible at all, you know, and a, a res, adult is responsible, not just saying, oh, are you going to, oh, he's out there, he's going to watch the child. Yes, right. you, know, you are the one that is responsible until you're relieved. Right, a water watcher. So when you're using the pool, a water watcher of some kind. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, alarms on doors, yes, good to have. How many times do you walk by a car alarm and not even turn your head at anymore? Yep, absolutely, yeah. And so the alarms on the door, it's they're good, but people get desensitized to the alarm. So don't don't count on that, you know. I, no, the, the ones I like are the ones where you push a button and then you have 15 seconds to open the door, go through it, close it behind you. And if you don't push the button, which a child wouldn't do because the button is five feet up in the air, uh, if you don't push the button and you open the door, the alarm goes off. Uh -huh. So that way it's not an alarm you get desensitized to because you only hear it when you know someone opens the door incorrectly. Right. So those are kind of cool. Yeah, those 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 are. But you're um, right. The, the normal like ADT security. Ding ding yeah, ding. Times on the door. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of it, you know you don't even hear it anymore. I don't know. Uh, but, but you know, the the pool fence is is the best layer of protection. Right. I mean, you know, yeah, they're pool alarms, but why even let the child get that far? Sure. So, you know. If you're going to do one thing, you do the fence. That's right. the safest, you know, most foolproof way, most convenient thing for you to have to for water safety around your pool. I, I agree. And, and then obviously past the pool fence, like you said, pool alarms, which those have their own issues, false alarms. Right. Uh, it, they, don't, they don't go off all the time. They don't go off that quickly. You know, right. there's, some, there's some flaws to those. Or and, you know it's a, it's electronic and it sits outside. Right. All year round. So. Yeah, it's bound to screw up. You know, and and the swimming lessons obviously are important. Yes, swimming yeah. lessons and yeah. and uh, the the infant swim program. Infant swim. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a great program. It's cool to watch the little kids float like that. Yeah, that is. And uh, you know, being CPR trained also. Perfect. All right. Well, that's great. Is there anything? I know you got an appointment to go to soon. Is there anything you want to leave us with before I let you go? Um, no, I think we pretty much much covered all the uh, everything. If someone is in the New England area and they want to get a hold of you, how can they find you? Uh, they can they can look for Safe Solutions. Okay. Of New England. Okay. Online, you can just Google uh, a um, Google search child proofing. Okay. There are only two people in the Boston area, so you're going to get one of us. But if you're also in other areas, there's a International Association for Child Safety. Okay. Uh, and they have their own website. And you can click on a state and you can find a child proofer and you can click on a state and find a pool fencer. Very cool. So if you're in other parts of the country, that's the best way. Go to that website. You can see if people are certified and, and um, a professional child proofer. You don't really want to get a handyman. They might they might be fine doing something, but they don't know what to get. Or if it's the first time they're doing a gate, it's probably going to cost you more because it's going to take them longer than, you know, it might take them an hour when it takes me 20 minutes. 
So right, right, that makes sense. You know, right. So uh, you, you could get a general contractor to you know fix your fence, but probably you didn't want to. You know, right, exactly. Yeah. Go with go with the specialist. Exactly, you know? and so you can be a licensed child proofer. I didn't know that from the International Association of Child Safety. Yes. Okay. Very good. They have a certification exam, um, and uh, you, you, know, you have to you have to renew it or. Um, is it one time? They're, they're looking into doing more continuing ed credits. It's it's certified through them, so okay. you yeah. know it, it's it's just another step to to make it more of a professional. Uh, Absolutely, sort of. profession. Yeah, professional, Pro professional profession. Right. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Tom. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks for having me and. Uh, it's good seeing you. Yeah, you too, always. And right. I, I think, I don't know when the next one is. I think the next one might be Wednesday. I could be wrong though. Oh no, tomorrow. We have someone tomorrow. So very and cool. what is the topic tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow, I believe, is water safety, but a different angle on it. I have to look at the calendar and see what tomorrow is. I'm forgetting right now. Okay. But uh, I think, you know, since it is water safety month, trying to hit water safety all month long. So that's it. All right, well, all right, take care. Good seeing you. All right, take care, Tom. Bye.